what's up everyone welcome back to another episode of Flatfoot. <laughs> what was that i don't know i just threw it out there just because i was like yeah i remember what it's called Flatfoot. it's been so long <laughs> what almost a year since uh maybe at least six months since oh it feels Flatfoot like it's episode. been more than that yeah yeah a lot has uh change but uh we were just basically waiting for our american crime to come back so that's what happens that's how it goes down oh we can't exactly. control it not at all so yes welcome back to another episode uh, this is season three episode one for american crime and yes. this is episode one for season two of, of flatfoot <laughs> wait we i i did promise a long time ago in the original season of our podcast the unofficial yet official podcast for american crime starting at show, nine hello 10, 10 nine, nine central, central on abc yes uh-huh uh so oh but what day uh they moved it i believe i believe it is now on sunday well, the reason why I'm a little confused, people, is because we have moved. What day is it here? We have moved facilities. <laughs> it is now Monday is in Monday. the it's United Monday Arab Emirates. So Monday it's probably night. Sunday. I think it comes on Sunday night then. So, when or else I you wouldn't have it. Yeah. So yeah. it had to be yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So ten nine central Sunday nights is trying to compete with that Walking Dead. Walking Dead comes on on Sunday nights. Walking Dead comes on on Sunday nights. But not at 9. But no, it comes on at 8. Yeah. Was central time, 8 to 9. Mm-hmm. 9, 10 central. Or 10, 9 central. Yes. Oh, no, it is competing for slot then. Oh, no, no, I totally messed that up. That's it. I botched nine, that. 9, 8 central for Walking Dead. Yes. But it doesn't really have to compete because people who... um. Because AMC has its own app and people have the AMC. Like, it's, it's, I don't think it's any competition. I think you can easily enjoy both. No, I believe so as well. So, yes. So, man, it's been a long time. We're excited to talk back with you guys. And we were extremely excited about, well, maybe I, I cannot speak for Jameez, but I was excited because I was waiting diligently for and patiently. He was not waiting diligently. I was. You were not. I was checking back. Were you? From time to time to see when or if the show was coming back. I knew I knew it was going to come back because they did mention that in the last season that it was definitely coming back. It's just, you know, a lot has happened since that last season ended for, um, you know, we had the election and then, of course, had all this Super Bowl stuff and All-Star stuff. And so I guess things just got, um, you know, the seasons on ABC just got all mixed up. So. But it seems like things are settling down. Yeah, it got a little busy over there in ABC land. But we're back at the crossfire.crusade.net to give you all the unofficial but official goodness. So, do you want to just jump right into this thing or are you, are you fine? <laughs> I am always fine. Because I wake up like this. I wake well, up the like synopsis this. of this show is that Lewis... A migrant, yeah. sorry, Luis, a migrant worker from Mexico, transitions into life as a farmer, while Coy, a hopeless drug addict, also finds work on a farm. Social worker Kamara offers her aid 
to Shay, a recently rescued prostitute. And you can find a synopsis at abc.go.com for the show American Flatfoot. No, American Crime. Sorry. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. Me trying to be all prepared. I'm botching this all over the place. It's fine. It's the first episode after a really long time. So, of course, our listeners will forgive us. So, the director for this episode. Um, well, the show is created by Ridley Scott. John Ridley. Ridley, Ridley Scott is. Is it? What are you doing? You stop talking. <laughs> I was like, Ridley Scott. What is happening? Yes, Ridley Scott is <laughs> the alien saga and Prometheus. But this is not really Scott. The John, writer is John Ridley. John Ridley. And the director for episode one was So Young Kim. She's a Korean director that also grew up in LA. She has a movie under her belt called A Treeless Mountain, which you guys should check it out. It's a it's a great film. It's about two You little, don't know if it's great. You haven't seen it yet. I don't know. Korean films always like tug I don't at know the if emotional it's Korean. strings. It's, isn't she like American? Is it Korean or something? She said she's Korean. No, I'm talking about the movie. I don't know. I didn't look it up. Okay, so I we're, just looked we're up not going to recommend. <laughs> I'll recommend it. Because, uh, I well, okay, I'm going to recommend it because I want to watch it. Okay. But, um, yeah, so, but so she So maybe has, we'll watch it and come back and... Let them know how it went. Maybe. And has worked on TV for a few episodes. Mm -hmm. Like she worked on a TV show called Queen Sugar, Transparent, and now on American Crime. Yep. So what was your personal opinion of episode one, season three? Okay. I was not bored. I just want to state that first. I wasn't bored, but I don't think anything really happened, if that makes sense. It felt like they were just lining up cards like you know to like, me it didn't feel like a line of cards to me it just felt like a day in the life like we just popped in on these people's life real quick and then popped back out um so it was kind of well, weird i'm only i'm looking at it like as the setup movie you know like batman begins well batman begins was actually a good movie i mean you know you have those flicks or those episodes where they kind of just set up the problem since this is right. an, an anthology and it and it's a uh, what was that? A serial episode where it builds on each other. Well, of course, most dramatic TV is. But the thing is, with this, it did start out differently than the season before. I mean, we do have the phone call, which is like, oh, it's going to go like that, the phone call at 911. But then it kind of just drops it because we don't know who the victim is. I mean, the first episode of last season, we knew who the victim was. We knew who called. This episode, we don't know who called. We don't know who the victim is. No, I follow. So that. it was like to me, it's like nothing happened because we don't we we watch it, but we still don't know anything. <laughs> so we changed up the format from last time. We used oh, just to do. For today. We're, I mean, it may not well, be a consistent. It may not thing. be a consistent thing, but I. But this episode, we called an audible. Different. Yeah, because definitely. it's as Jimmy said, it's a day in the life, mm -hmm. so it kind of pops around a lot. So doing the play by play will be a little confusing. So we're just gonna go back by, you know, we're gonna talk about Louise. We'll talk about Kamara. We'll talk about Shay and Koi. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's start with Louise. Yes. Um, Louise, as I said in the synopsis, is a migrant worker. It starts out with him walking across um, the, bo the border with some other immigrants, if you will. But I don't think he wanted to be a migrant worker. Um, that That's the, from the first scene where he's talking to, I guess, the coyote. I don't, I don't know. 
Um, he was very adamant about going to North Carolina and he wasn't too concerned about having a job. So I don't really know if that was his, I believe that was not his intent. Oh, most definitely. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that was how I was thinking about it. Um, just, just that part about he, he was being offered a job and the guy kept talking about the job and, and he just didn't um, seem to be convinced of getting, of taking the job. Uh, and so then, uh, but he does not speak any English. So it's just kind of hard to understand what his motivations are for coming to the United States and being so adamant in North Carolina. Um, the guy keeps asking him, do you have family there? And he doesn't really want to respond. Um, and of course, there's a translator with him. So he should understand what's happening, but he still chooses not to respond. Um, so there's the question of that. And then when he's actually, I guess when he's on the bus on the transferring to go um, wherever along the way, along the road, they see it. There has been a, a death. Uh, it looks like a migrant worker is lying face down the side of the road. The police are taking care of, that situation and the the guy Luis is looking at that and I'm not sure if this is foreshadowing or if that um body by the side of the road relates back to the original phone call that starts the show uh which basically I don't know if they translated this um at home for the show but see we have to doubt we we download it and so it didn't come with subtitles. It just says it in Spanish. So basically in Spanish, the, the phone call was, um, there, there's a body in the river and, um, it's, it's a dead, it's a dead body. He's dead. Um, floating, floating in the river. And that was the call. And so, um, but the body inside the road may or may not be from that same call because it's not in the water anymore or at all. It's just on the side of the road and the police officers are, um, I guess can, doing their investigation thing so already it seems like a volatile situation that Luis is going into and you feel that he should be apprehensive a little bit and then later with Luis he arrives to a farm I don't know if he's made to North Carolina um it's really unclear I think he may be in Florida but uh so he's going to be a migrant worker and they tell him already that he has he owes money and he's going to be working to pay off his debts at first and then later he'll earn the money but i is this repeated to him several times and he doesn't seem to believe the guy and i i also do not believe this guy and i'm just like it's just slavery you know and so but he agrees to the terms we didn't ask any questions really and i would ask well I, it's like, how much do I owe? Because before all this happened, he did tell the original guy that I do have money and I'll pay. And the guy asked for money up front. So the fact that he's being, it seems like he's having to pay for the same thing twice, it almost feels like. But I don't know if he did have enough money in the beginning to go ahead and pay for everything or whatnot. So the whole thing with Luis is really... I just say, it's just we really don't know what is motivating him. Oh my gosh, guys. 
<laughs> I know that was like a really weird like segue, but I was actually just sitting here and I was earlier trying to paint my fingernails and I guess I didn't close the bottle all the way and so it spilled all over every place so I'm actually still chit-chatting and talking <laughs> I'm trying to clean up this mess I'm just having a Jamise moment that's 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 how I do right I don't even remember if we introduced ourselves at the beginning of the episode so this is why it's extra funny it's just really 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 funny I just uh uh it smells really strongly now this <laughs> I'll have to clean it up. So this is what I this is what happens when I have to leave. Uh, you just destroyed the studio. Yes. Well, okay, guys. Well, just in case we didn't introduce ourselves, I am Khalif, and the woman that's been speaking with you, her name is Jamise. Oh Lord. You just want to you just want to start over? No. I don't even know where you at. All I heard was. <laughs> All I heard was, I spilled fingernail polish. <laughs> this is live. It'll be, it'll be listened to like live radio. Um, I'm gonna clean this up because it's very strong, but I just want to catch we you just up. No, no, over. Khalif, let me catch you up. I was at the part where, um, Luis basically he, he was asked to give more money, but I was thinking that he'd already given money from before because when he said, I have enough money and the guy asked for it up front. So I'm like, why is he being asked to pay for something twice? Is what well, I'm see, trying to figure Oh, out. okay. So you're at that part where I wanted, I was wanted to come back and talk about it anyway. And I felt this was despicable because the guy didn't even ask him about what happened before. He just says that I'm going to pay you, but he gets paid. And he would give them a check, which I was trying to figure out how in the hell are they going to cash the checks if they don't have IDs. And another point was I was thinking that, or maybe I misheard him or misread because I was um, not really listening. I was just looking at the words at the bottom of the screen. And so he tells, so they're in North Carolina and, and he tells Luis that um, he's going to work. He's going to manage his money and give him money. And I was like, this is weird. And he owes him money already because he has to eat. He has to live. He needs a place to stay. And all of that is not free. So he needs to pay him for all the money, like pay him. And he's already in debt. And I was like, well, why don't you just ask him for what he owes? And Luis doesn't even bother asking, well, how much is everything or what is this or how much yeah, do I, I owe? Yeah, I also brought up that same fact. I was like, he didn't even ask, like, how much is it that I owe? So he just agrees to be a slave for this individual. And his and as Jamise may have mentioned, his motivations aren't really clear why he's so desperately trying to reach Carolina del Norte. I know I said it. So I can't figure out. Yeah, that was basically his story. It just ends where he's just sitting in this really like rundown trailer in the middle of nowhere. And he's just there. So that'll know. be, that'll be it for Luisa's story. So who's next? Oh, now we got Kamara played by, one of my favorite actresses or actors nowadays, since we don't identify sex. Um, one of my favorite actors. We don't identify gender. 
Oh, okay, sorry. Gender. <laughs> and you all remember her from season one as the irritatingly good mom from season two. Irritatingly good mom? Yeah, irritatingly good. And the reason why I say that, because she was, her performances were so on point, you just love to hate her. But I you understand. Oh, I mean, I'm saying hate, but you know, you just, uh, I don't like you. But we all love her from Friday. Um, Dang, you take it right I took it way back. back. Enemy of the State with Will Smith. She played the wife. I cannot remember her name right now, but we all know her as Huey Freeman. Oh, from what? You can't remember the, the Boondocks. Name? I cannot remember her Regina, name. Regina, Regina King. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was hoping that it would come to me. Oh, I thought you were trying to think of her character's name. No, not her oh, character's yeah. name, but I was like, Huey Freeman. Love yeah, that. I love that little boy. Oh, bad I know, boy. bad boy. See, that's a son I could have. I probably would have that son. Just this militant guy uh, standing up in the middle of nowhere talking about Ronald Reagan's the devil. <laughs> okay, I digress. By the time he gets old enough to say that, no one will even remember who Reagan was. Well, Kamara's story opens up where she comes up in this little prostitute boy and trying to talk to him. And I believe she's a social worker. Yes, yeah, I know. No, she works for a nonprofit organization, so she's not a social worker. Okay, so she's trying to can find out who's his pimp, where they can locate him. He could that, and she's trying to convince him that basically, this guy is taking advantage of him. And he's like, "No, I do these things because I want to. I make my own money. Do I want to be like these people here, hustling for nickels and dimes?" And I was like, "Wow, flipping burgers, flipping burgers." Yeah, so. He's telling me he's not in trouble and he's free to go when he wants to, and he does. Oh, I thought, oh, yeah, because he was trying to figure out, because she was talking about, I'll get you in the shelter, but she called to someone at a shelter and they were like, oh, it's only for women. Uh, she was going to find him a place for that night and then she's going to move him somewhere else, but he decided he'd better off on his own. Yeah. And so he then. He might come back again. It moves on that she goes to some in vitro doctor. I, I would call her a fertility doctor. Thank you. I couldn't think of the term. <laughs> I mean, dinner's here. Or maybe so just her like, OBGYN. And she's like, I, you look rested. You look well, but I don't have good news. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah. And now, but it it isn't stated that she's married mm -hmm. or, and so, it, well, basically she's, is, is she really a single mom? And then I would be really upset because why is she trying to have this baby all by herself? I mean, her job is, her job is like all consuming. Your mother, it's like, yeah, it's all consuming and you're like a mother to these. But I mean, we can't talk about it because sometimes that desire to have a baby is really, really strong, but it I is know. very expensive because at the very beginning of the episode, we do have her trying to pay a cable bill that is way overdue. But so, I think that's because in vitro is expensive. So that, that's, that's why what, she that's doesn't what have I just the money. Said. That's what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I was. I, I so I'm was like, totally... if, if you spend, if you're a single mom, you spend all your money on in vitro. What money will you have left over to raise the baby? Exactly. I'm just saying. So but we'll find out later. I hope what that's all about. <laughs> hopefully, but then her story kind of crosses over with a young lady named Shay, mm -hmm. who, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm skipping Koi right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll come um, back to him. Because then Shay opens up with her story mm -hmm. where she is at a motel. 
No, no. Oh, it no, she's up. getting she's, makeup put on. Yeah, she's getting that. You know, we go to the mall, you're at the makeup desk, and you're like, oh, yeah, give me a free makeover. Yeah, and the guy that everyone thinks is her boyfriend is being a real jerk. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is that your boyfriend? And what did she say? How did she say that? Like, that was my guy or something like yeah, that? Yeah, she said that, that that was her boyfriend. He's just um, worried because they're going to meet his sister and his the her fiance for dinner kind of uh, thing. So she may have a whole little cute story. Oh, I totally missed that. Mm. But they leave and he takes her to a motel where she goes to go meet this guy. A John. Yeah, she meet her trick, basically. Mm. And yes, for tr- those who don't know, trick is the basically the person the prostitute turns Everyone over knows for money. What a John is so a John, but I like the term trick. Mm-hmm. Sounds much more demeaning. But um, and, and to me, she looked very underage. So. Yeah. Maybe I'm about like 16, 17. Boy, no, I think it more like 15. Well, the boy was very petite, so I think it was about 14, 15. But I think she's she's about that age, too. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe in real life she's like 17, but she's playing maybe a 15-year-old. Who knows? Who knows? We didn't find out anything, but... Definitely underage. Definitely, because then he's like... The John was like, you look 30. Wipe that off wipe it and off he's like are are you even 18 she's like yes and he's like good, good answer. answer but we all know she's not oh yeah we all knew that was a lie once it rolled off her lips and so they go do their thing and now her face is all wiped clean of the makeup and she gets in the car they goes to the they go back to the apartment where they're staying and there's these other kids that are there he picks her, he grabs her and they go to the store. He tries to get her to convince another little girl to come stay. And she's like, nope, I'm good. She, she's a homeless girl out there in front of the store with her dog. And she's like, when you come, ch- come chill with me and my guy. Just for the night, have a place to stay. And she's like, nope, I'm good. I think she picked up like, that's a pimp. P-I-M-P. But, um. And then it goes to the next one where he drops her off again to a John. And this John is kind of like fat bastard from Mike Myers. Um, He's not that good. Gold member. But he is gross. He is gross. Yeah, real gross. Real just nasty. Sweaty. sweaty. Ugh. And, and she actually is scared of this one before she even goes in. And she's like, can you come with me? And her pimp is like, what am I going to do? He's like, just call me when you get in there. Well, and I think maybe she knew this, this John, or she's familiar with him. Mm. And maybe he's done things. Rough. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I I got the feeling like she knew him. And that's why she was like, can you come in with me? And like, hell no. What you want me to do? Help out. He didn't say that. Mm-hmm. that's his thoughts and then at the last moment the door kicks open and the police come in and they throw a jacket over her shoulder mm-hmm. and she looked very shook up right then her story ends and she's meeting kamara and she's giving her the whole spill that she gave the boy at the beginning right. that opened the episode right you know help us out help us you know get information on your pimp let's put him in jail you're you're not in trouble. I'm here to help you. Which was actually a nice bookend to this episode. Like it started out with Kamara talking to mm-hmm. a little prostitute boy, 
Mm-hmm. And it ends with her talking to a little prostitute girl. Yeah. Nice book ends. Yeah. Definitely. N- now, the weird one is Koi. Koi is mm-hmm. like this junkie who's just walking through the city. Yeah. Trying to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if you guys remember from season two, the computer hacker, Re- Rebel, the man who fights for the injustice is now like a... Who was a single father. Who was a single father is now a farmland pimp, I guess. <laughs> well, basically, oh, we forgot that part because we don't really know these people's names quite clearly yet. But there is a um, a farming family who is trying to compete against bigger dogs and trying to get business. And they just really can't afford to undercut other companies. So when they go back to their um, factory farm, they tell their employees, you know, we need we need more workers. We need people who will basically work for cheap. So go out and get us some people who want to work. And so he's running around in his truck trying to he, he promised one person 200 bucks and then come back around, told him 150. And the guy was like, hell no. Then he runs it. He runs into Koi and Koi, which is kind of funny because, you know, guys, the for the English language, Koi has kind of been like misleading. Yeah. Teasing a and little so bit. Obviously it's probably it's not this kid's real name. Probably not, but he's like talking to him and he's like, yeah, man, it's good work. It's hard, but you know, you make $200 a day or no $200 a what a week. No, he's just saying, you know, you're, you're paid by what you, what you can pick basically. Yeah. So it could, it, it's a range. And he came off as such a creeper. Oh, really? Like, I'm going to cut your body up and hide it all over America? I'm a, no, not cut your body up. I'm going I'm, I'm to cut, I'm going I'm to take you, harvest your organs, and leave you in a seedy motel bathtub full of ice. Wow. That's what he came across. And I'm going to rape your body. Ugh. That's all I'm saying. Mm. And he was just like, and he's like, what about you? He's like, man, I don't work. I didn't care. I worked my way up. I got it on my own farm. No, he, like, he didn't say he has his own farms the guy still you have your own farm he said no but i work for someone who has like many farms oh sorry yeah that's okay i thought he was boasting that was came, his boast but i thought he, he was don't just, pick no more yeah <laughs> and i know like, i don't pick any i don't pick no more that's why i'm getting you <laughs> look at you and he's like and he's like picking what tomatoes and koi laughs he's like you sit here drinking my beer talking to me looking for a job Trying to go somewhere, buy drugs that, that for money that you don't have, and you're laughing at me. <laughs> and he's like, "No, it just sounds ridiculous to pick tomatoes." Tomatoes, yeah. And he's like, "But it's good work, good honest work." <laughs> and yeah, that was basically it. Those are our characters. That's all we know. That was forty-two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I looked up, we were watching, I looked up, and I was like, damn. We don't know nothing. <laughs> it's almost over. I don't even think I gave my personal opinion. But that was my personal opinion. I looked up, and like, damn, it's almost over, and I don't know a damn thing. Right? I, it's a great introduction and a great book, and it looked very artistic. But the story, I, I guess, is going to get real juicy. Now, I would like to say this, and I'm going to throw it out to you. What do you hope to be different? this time around from last season because we didn't watch season one so we can't base any the comparisons from season one to season two we can only do season two to season three for now for now we can only do that 
And so, so for right now, and I even say this to you guys, and you can email us at flatfoot at crusade.net. And that is crusade with a K. And that's flatfoot at crusade.net. You could, and I want you to, I would like for you guys to answer this question. What do you hope to see that is different this time around? Absolutely. And I'm asking you, what do you hope? Because I'll answer it first. You go ahead and answer this one first. Because immediately, as you said before, the primary difference between season three and season two, you immediately knew what happened. Um, I mean, you knew that this boy, something happened at this party. He's been humiliated. He's the victim. Mm-hmm. In this one, there's a body floating in the water. We don't know who that body is. A dad is just trying to get to North Carolina. You don't even know that he's a dad. He just really wants to get there. Mm-hmm. Then you have Koi, who's maybe a druggie just kind of wandering around drinking beer. You got all these prostitutes and this prostitute ring and Kamara <laughs> going on. Like what the hell? Yeah. So what do you hope is going to be different? I hope that's different that, um, either nothing gets tied up in a nice little bow, but they kind of do a better job with tying up all the story lines. They didn't really tie up the story lines from before. Well, I mean, that's not, that's not the story. The story is not something that has a nice, neat ending. Well, no, no, no. I mean, I don't want a nice, neat. I just want it more like cohesive because I mean, it was a letdown for me to, but expected to see Eric go back to like meeting dudes on Tinder or something like that. Okay, but I mean, let's not rehash the last show. You just need to say what you what you think what you no, hope no, no. to be different. No, no, no. This is what I'm hoping to be different. That they do a better job. Like, I thought it was a big let. It was also a little of a letdown for me last season when you had the principal and how his story ended. I mean, it was good. It was good because it was like something that built up to that. So you want cleaner endings? Cleaner, like for the stories. It doesn't like, have like to tie ending. up. It doesn't have to tie to... up, but something that's a bit more concrete, uh, not so vague. I like that. That's 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 life to me. It's messy. No, no, it's messy. But I mean, like, I think was... that's what fans like. Okay, about here's it. what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Okay, last season, I'm gonna use the principal again. He was he was the stand-in principal. He wasn't really trusted, and he had to fight not only the students but he had to fight the teachers for mm. control, right? And so it it led up to him having this whole issue where he ends up seeming like he's a racist because of what happened with this one black kid and the Hispanic kid who called him an N-word. And he ends up having to apologize, but he got set up by one of the primary people that was always giving him hell. And and that to me, that made sense. Um, the, the victim story, I can't remember his name from season two. He, it was kind of like, I like that with his story is a little vague because it kind of like he went there to hook up with Eric and then it didn't happen. And then it was kind of like, oh, well, where are we going on from here? But the hacker, his story seemed like, oh, I come in, I helped, I helped right the wrongs. And now I'm being stalked by a hacker. That was just like, eh, come on, man. Give me, don't just bring him in and hurry up. That's some yeah, because we never knew his motivation. Yeah, this, so that was kind I, of. And I guess that's what I'm. I mean, I need more cleaner motivations and something where I can follow. And if it does end, and if it does end vaguely, then 
I can say that's a real life ending, but at least give me their motivations why they're doing this. Like it's clear why Creeper Creeper Farm Boy is trying to get people to come farm. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not understand why the little prostatites are working, but they have their issues. You see what I'm saying? Why is we don't understand why Kamara is trying to get in vitro, but yeah. Maybe we'll find that out and it'll make more sense. Okay. Fair enough. How about you? Now that you heard my my verbose answer. <laughs> um that's an odd question. I don't have an answer. Alright then. Well we'll have to stay tuned next time for next Sunday, ten nine central on the ABC. This is American Crime. I am No, no, no this no. is Flatfoot. No, 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 wait. Wait. Uh-huh. This is American Crime. The show and we are Flatfoot, the unofficial but official podcast for the show American Crime. Hey, you just be trying to be all vague and confusing. All right, so I am your girl Jamis and I am your boy Khalif. Catch you next time.